0: Marianne, welcome to Applaudable Perspectives.
1: Thank you so much, Pam. It's so good to be had. Well, let's let's talk a little bit of, uh, about your
0: background. And um, you're from you're a Midwesterner. You're from Wisconsin. You moved to Nashville. You were here before I got here, and you were already like kicking butt and taking names when when I moved here to work at RCA. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your your career in music and, and uh, some of the collaborations and some of the songs you've written a little bit, or do you want me to go there? Well, sure.
1: My dog is, is going to be naughty. So <laughs> hopefully I won't have to put her outside. She's, she gets jealous sometimes when I haven't showed her enough attention. And then I'm on the phone. Anyway.
0: It's
1: like, really? Her name's, her name's, there she goes. Her name is Minnie Pearl. Um, well, I moved to Nashville, At the ripe old age of 23, in 1978, I shortly turned 20, thereafter turned 24, and I began writing songs. Uh, Actually, I was signed by Pete Drake Productions, and I was pretty, you know, I was just, I had been a a junior high school music teacher in Wisconsin, and had performed most of my life with my cousin. (laughs) We were a duo and all that kind of stuff. But when I came to Nashville, I went there and met some wonderful people, um, a couple of whom whom I uh, co-wrote with and had long-time success and a lot of fun. And one person was uh, is Don Goodman. And Don Goodman uh, and I wrote... Uh, a song called Diamonds and Chills. He gives me diamonds, you give me chills. Mm
2: -hmm. And uh,
1: Margot Smith recorded it. And it was like, wow. But before, I think it was right after that, actually, that, you know, I started singing Sessions with Pam Rose, who Mm -hmm. had also been signed with Pete Drake. And uh, we got on the microphone together and it was like, wow, this is weirdly a cool sound because we're, yin and yang, totally different, uh, yes. you know, tonality to our voice and texture and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then we wrote, co-wrote some things with Don and the one that was cut and a big hit after I was only in, in Nashville for three years was Ring on Her Finger, Time on Her Hands. And uh, Lee Greenwood. Lee. Yep. Lee, Lee Greenwood. And actually that, as I'm, you know, going through my memory cards in my brain, I might have skipped ahead, but that's okay. Because um, we uh, had just left Pete Drake Productions as a publisher, and we owned the publishing, our parts of the publishing on Ring on Her Finger, Tile on Her Hands, when it got cut. And that's like, wow. It's that's almost golden. It, it, yes, it was, it's almost unheard of. So when it was a big hit, it was uh, a wonderful thing. And by the way, um, you mentioned Tom Long. Tom Long, uh, a dear old friend who was working at Sony, uh, actually got that song cut. So, hey, Tom. Right.
0: Well, and a and shout well, out to, to Tom. He's having some health issues. But he, when I met him, he was at ASCAP. But what a, what
1: a wonderful man. And
0: yes. you, you, you got in with some incredible people. You wrote with Pat Bunch.
1: Yes, then then. And- through BMI and Dale Bryant, uh, he introduced this wonderful, quote, poet who had dozens and do- dozens of notebooks of lyrics, and and she still does. <laughs> she's uh, just prolific and wonderful. She's, I don't know, she's just a heart of gold and a true blue friend after all these years, but so gifted, such a poet. And then they're uh, funny, too. Very funny in her own way. She doesn't try to be. <laughs> she's just being Pat. And anybody who knows Pat will will agree. But Yeah, uh, but. yeah but. You be,
0: kinda, you can imitate a, her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she kind of does have a funny voice, but it's the things that come out of her mouth. I mean, she's so she's so real, <laughs> so authentic, blatantly honest, and that makes her sometimes very funny. <laughs> but uh we wrote and
0: kind-hearted.
1: Oh, absolutely. Heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, one of those. I mean, really, you, I can't think of anybody else like her, and I'll love her um, from now on. I mean, it's just we're really close, and she's she's just been a gift in my life. And in Pam and Mai's life, too, as far as the co-writing uh, stuff. We wrote quite a few um, hits together. Um, let's see what would have been the first big cut. Um, we had other cuts, but the first big record was I'll Still Be Loving You, um, who Restless Heart cut. Restless and Heart. You know, we were so excited we wanted Kenny Rogers to cut it and you know, we didn't know who the heck Restless Heart was. And by the way, there is another co writer on that song. Um, and he's in heaven and I have to bring him up. Um, Todd Cerny. Pamela oh, yeah, gone yeah. over to yeah, had gone over to Todd Cerny's house because he had a synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's when they were first coming on, and he had this cool little drum machine, and, and we were like, wow, let's go right with Todd. And, of course, we knew him through the biz and because of his wife, Kip Kirby, Kip Kirby yeah. yeah, who had written for Billboard for years. and She was a us bureau and, chief. She was, a bill,
0: bureau, she was Billboard bureau chief. Oh, After yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I didn't even know what her title,
0: was. oh yeah,
1: she's now uh anyway, she did when Todd passed about ten years ago, it was pretty fast he um he suddenly was diagnosed with melanoma, and you know how that goes yeah. and uh but Kip did remarry and and uh she's living down in Florida now with this sweet man and her new passion and her passion then also she had been uh, learning and and working with agility dogs. So that's her passion. Now now she teaches anyway, sidebar. Uh, But we, we had this piece of music, Pam sat down and played a couple chords and I went, keep going. And, uh, and I started singing the melody and then, you know, we talked through some changes and it came to the chorus and I just had the melody. It was just falling. It just was falling out. The, the mute definitely was sitting on my shoulder and Pam's and Todd's too. But the melody just kept coming through. And at the end of that chorus, I said,
2: I'll still be loving. I'll still be loving you.
1: I'll still be loving. Just like it is now, it stayed. And so there was the title and this wonderful piece of music. It sat on a cassette work tape, I think I still have it in there. It sat on a cassette work tape for maybe two years. I pulled it wow. out <laughs> I pulled it out one day and I said, You know what, Pam? This is really good, and we're never going to finish this lyric because this is so powerful. it really needs a kind of lyricist like Pat, you know, a true poet and uh I called Pat up. We we're the ones who were always gavin on the on the phone more than Pam because we're Gabby. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I played it for her and I talked through how I saw the first verse developing. And then the second verse being and, and the chorus, having, uh, the, what do you call that? Um, I'll be right. yours until the, um, is that adjectives? Anyway, I, I'm I'm not good about that uh, stuff. But anyway, I'll be yours until the sun doesn't shine. Until time, until time stands still. still. Yes. Until the winds don't blow. Uh, when today is just, still, is just a memory to me, I know. I'll still be loving you. And uh, then... But I'm you getting know, then,
0: goosebumps. You're just, oh, you're reciting okay. the lyrics, and I'm getting goosebumps because Dang. it's one of those... Yeah. I mean, timeless songs. I mean, it's like right. an anthem, really.
1: It really is, and... Uh anyway, we were we were very uh, fortunate to get that cut and we did get a Grammy nomination on that song and the Unring on our Fing- finger, actually. And uh those are the two Grammy nominations that we received in our during our career. Not and, too uh, shabby so there, kid. Not shabby. Not not shabby. It was it meant so much. It was early in our careers too, so man, we went out to to the Grammys, we went to L.A. and uh, there was Prince. He was just kind of coming on the scene, and Michael uh, Jackson was performing on stage, "Man in the Mirror," and oh, just you know fairy tale stuff, um, rubbing elbows with Joni Mitchell and James Taylor, and on and on. And and uh, you just can't. I don't know. You, you again, you can't make yeah. this stuff. You're, up. you're, you're like pinching there. yourself. It's like a dream. Um, And you feel just so fortunate, and it's humbling to be in the presence of all your heroes. Anyway, uh, Pat also went, and that was funny and fun, because she had never been in a, quote, big fancy hotel. And uh, then later, we went to New York for the awards as well. So many, many wonderful experiences and memories. So... You start working, you
0: you ha- actually have a duo. You and Pam have Kennedy Rose. And there's a litany of, of incredible people that you start working with. Uh, I mean, Miles Copeland, Sting. Uh, you eventually are working with Emmylou Harris Art Garfunkel. I remember when you were working with Art Garfunkel. I mean, just like a who's who of people. Who believed in you and wanted to collaborate with you? It was just quite amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, when Sting, yes, Pam and I had through doing our demos, you know, we were very much into creating kind of a trademark sound that was kind of very acoustic yet progressive and earthy percussion which is also my thing. I'm, that's your thing. I've yeah, played. to me that's your
0: signature. It's a really interesting percussion sounds and interesting harmonies like the way that your harmonies right. straight off and, and blend and interweave.
1: Well, thanks. That's we kind of developed that signature sound um, through doing our demos and you know through me playing on a, on an oatmeal box with a brush <laughs> and coming up with these you know again earthy acoustic but progressive in in a lot of ways. Uh, sounds and so when we'd play our demos for artists to get a cut the producers of course were like how'd you do that what 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 is that (laughs) and uh, oftentimes they would ask us to um, perform just sing on the on the recordings sometimes play Um, and so you know all that was just again wow wonderful and that went on for a long time
0: and very, very, what I love about it, Marianne, it's very organic. And and listeners, I mean, this is a time when we're look, we're looking at the 70s, the 80s.
1: Right. Most of our, well, again, I moved here and say so it was almost 80. And uh, so, yes, it, our hits were in the 80s and 90s. Um, in but the it, 90s, was
0: a, it was a boys club. There were not a lot of women managers. If nope. any, there were not a lot of female singers. There were no female producers. Wendy Waldman, I guess, uh, uh, Gail Davies produced an album. But, I mean, right. there, there, were, there weren't a lot of women doing what you were doing.
1: Right. And, uh, yes, and we, you know, basically were well-received, um, even though we were chicks. <laughs> so uh, there was that. I mean, I'm sure there are times, especially in the pr- – producers throwing your hat in the producers, uh, arena, forget it. I mean, women, they still don't really let women do that in Nashville. Um, very, very seldom,
0: but and not, not that many session musicians either. Right. Right. There are a few, there are a few, and there's, there's a uh, backup singers, you know, there's studio singers, but there right. are a lot of, you know, it's so I think that still is, is, is prevailing. Um, so you did talk about the creative process a little bit just recently, just a a, a little bit ago. When you are writing, do you usually start with the music first or the words first, or does it happen
1: spontaneously? Or is it just to depend song by song? It it kind of is, but generally for me and what I contribute, um, and by the way, I forgot to bring up Safe in the Arms of Love. We'll touch back on that. Oh, yeah,
0: we got got to circle back on that. That's one of my favorites. um,
1: I need, I mean, I can come up with a cool groove or a cool riff or something and or Pam can and that's cool. We're like, oh, that's cool. let's let's rock on with that. And then what I need shortly thereafter is the title. I need to know where this idea emotionally is going to take me musically. Uh-huh. That's just how I work. Um, some people don't need that and they can just focus on incredible, piece of music and a cool little track and then uh, hand it off to a poet or you know a lyricist and they will put words to it I need to have the idea and the music married um to be uh, just to do what I do the best
0: when you are writing a song uh do you have a singer in mind to cut it are you writing for Reba are you writing for Emmy Lou? Or do you just write a great song and, and hope that it's going to carry on its own merit?
1: Yeah, um, be. <laughs> um, generally not thinking of, oh, this would be, you know, in the creative process. Maybe as you get on into it or when it's finished, you might think, you know, man, this would be, you know, great for Martina or for whomever um, back in the day. So, but generally it's just, having the song just be as good as it can be um, some kind of a signature, you know, I, we're way into signature licks musically, um, you know, not just your run of the mill track. Uh, there has to be a signature lick musically, a signature sound musically. And then of course the, the vocal sound is um, one of our signatures as well because of the uh, harmonies. And so that's what led us to getting a lot of the cuts and being asked to sing on them. Um,
0: Well, it was a fresh sound. You were doing something fresh and interesting. Let's talk about safe in the arms of of love. Uh, Talk a little bit about that song and how that got cut and uh, that process. That's really one of your seminal songs. (laughs) Thanks.
1: I, I, well, the opening line, Pat, bunch we were talking one day about okay what lyrics you know did you write anything new or you know what's going on pull something out of the old archives of your notebooks or and she said wow i've got this new piece i was working on (laughs) and the first line is my heart's not ready for the rocking chair i need somebody who really cares (laughs) and i i was like just now goosebumps i'm like pat stop no really keep okay Shit, that's great. Oh, oh I swore. Uh, that's good. No, no, and, I'm talking. And, what uh, not
0: there, kids?
1: Okay. And uh, so that's how that was the, the first couple lines. And she had the first verse, I think some of the second verse. And, you know, some basically on and on. Someday I'm going to be safe in the arms of love. I want arms that know how to rock me safe in the arms of love. And, uh, <laughs> It's just that that is one of those that there's such a cool groove and it's just made. We wrote it for Harmony. So it's two part mm-hmm. all the way through. And uh, Martina cut the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, Gail Davies cut it. Right. And Wild Choir, she cut a, a couple of ours. And uh of course, you know, it wasn't in the cards for her to have a big hit, but she did put out a video and um uh, gave it a go she was a little ahead of her time
0: yeah um, definitely. You know,
1: with that kind of whatever that crossover wild choir group she came up with which was very cool but yeah, definitely uh, but, yeah. you're right it was edgy and it was a little ahead of its time it was and but anyway martina cut it and paul worley called and said i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna copy your record and <laughs> so tell me uh who did what and you know, who played the mandolin? Of course, I did, which did. I did not actually play mandolin on the record, but uh, whoever they hired copped what I did. And then we sang the harmonies on it, which was just, you know, great. But before, so we, before we started the Sting, anyway, I'm backtracking right. to Emmy Lou because Emmy Lou um, was before Sting.
0: I was just going to ask you about Emmy Lou and and you've toured with her multiple times. And I, have you also sung a lot on, on her projects?
1: Uh, Just a few, actually, just a few songs. Um, More of our live performance um, with my percussion and mandolin and Pam's acoustic guitar. um, The three of us um, have a big sound. Then we usually have a bass player uh, along with us, but She had, you know, had lived in California and was a legend. I knew every breath, every note of every one of her records. And uh, we heard that she was going to move to Nashville and audition some girl singers to go on the road for her Ballad of Sally Rose project Uh release, which, by the way, was just re-released. She wrote that whole record with her then husband and now still dear friend and wonderful, talented, uh, and neat man, Paul Kennerly. And uh, so I remember all the auditions were upstairs in the Warner Brothers Publishing building, and uh, there were hundreds of of girls who were trying out. And I told Pam, I said, you know what? I mean, this isn't coming from a cocky place. It's just coming from a knowing place and a fact. We're going to get it. I said nobody in this town will sound like we will sound with her. And sure enough, we got the gig. And then we got to be on a bus with a whole bunch of dudes <laughs> and, and the two new chicks, chick singers with the hot band. It yeah. didn't go over really well, but we worked it we worked through it and worked through the practical jokes and and having our boundaries and, grew, you know, we all grew to love each other and it was really fun. I finished my first record with the encouragement of my co-writers, by the way, who, I mean, my friends and co-writers. I wrote and p- performed and produced everything, uh, published everything myself on these songs because I it meant so much to me. I wanted it to be uh, my vision, my journey. So um, I finished my first record called The Trail Less Traveled. And I'm like, well... Now I've got this cool record, had great players on it. And again, I, it was just such fun to sing my truth. um, And this deep love and devotion to these animals and the new journey of, again, natural horsemanship, learning their language, not expecting them to learn ours. It's just another way of life. I call it Oh. instead of a course in miracles, I call it a horse in miracles. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Thanks. And I've talked about that and, uh, to a lot of the students like me. And of course they get it because they're so deep in our hearts and souls. And I thought, well, what the heck am I going to do with it now? And I picked up the phone and I called Perina Mills in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, back when, this was back in 2002 when you could still get a human on the phone and I said, you know, I don't know who to speak with. I guess it would be somebody in marketing. And I gave her my little spiel, uh, you know, what I had done, Grammy nominated, worked with sing, blah, 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 and, and I had some music that I thought they might be interested in maybe using to promote their products or something. And, man, <coughs> did I hit the jackpot. I got this wonderful woman who said, huh, this is a very interesting concept send me the stuff. I am interested. And that kind of kicked it off. She took my record. She asked me to send the records for the Equine Publishers annual convention. She handed out, I don't know, a couple hundred records. And the horsemanship program I was studying, Pirelli Natural Horsemanship, the head of marketing for them was there. And we're still dear friends to this day. And she said, oh, my God, you've got to come to the Savvy Conference. And I'm like, well, look, as you read, I'm already a believer. I'm, I'm so devoted and so into this program, probably natural horsemanship. So uh, some of my buddies and, and I flew to Albuquerque and drove up through Taos and Santa Fe and, well, not in that order, went up to Pagosa Springs and performed, met Pat and Linda and it began that all as the rest, as they say, is history. Um, they were just really starting to boom. They did thousands of people in towns in their tour stops, taking their horses all over the country, all over the world, and they used my music. And wow, yeah, and uh, it was just um, you know I just got goosebumps again talking about just how magical it all was. It there was it was fate there it was not a coincidence it was all faded. and anyway we i then went on to over the years make five CDs um and gave back a lot to rescues and uh, different organizations and sold many 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 uh records around the world and i still sell some lots mostly now downloads of course but it just, the feedback I got from the from the other horse students and horse lovers was just like, my God, how do you know how I feel? <laughs> you know, this makes me cry when I hear your song, Goodbye. Yes, there are some that talk about uh, how, how they teach us to say goodbye, and I do believe that's partly why they're here. And uh, I said, well, because I'm one of us, you know, I, I can't live without them. So... There's my story, and yes, that's I. I'm so proud of of the hits that I co-wrote, of course, and so thankful for all of that. But this body of work um, is my I feel is my true legacy. So
0: yeah, well, and you sent me my home, which is about uh, actually's got a very Native American vibe to it, uh, and you've got a stick, and you've got a uh, flute. And you, you, you kind of write about the American Mustang, the wild. And then there's a line in there. Don't take my home, which obviously there's a parallel between uh, the American Mustang and what we did to the American Indian native American.
1: And it's still going on right now. And that was how many years ago? Almost 20,
0: almost 20 Uh years ago.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's tragic. Um, I wish things could be different and we're all still fighting for it. I also wrote a song I'll share with you some other time. And of course, people who hear this can, you know, look up the the songs on iTunes. And I think Amazon now has them through my website and through um, CD baby. But anyway, I wrote a song for the sound horse conference. The first one I went to perform at in 2010, I believe it was, and uh, it's called Tennessee and it's, the sound horse conferences, of course, to to try yeah. to fight the um, corrupt, big look. the
0: big look, yeah. Yeah.
1: the big, the big look. It's just like I hate to say it's legal abuse because unfortunately it's still legal. There there are politicians who have not uh, done the right things and they they let this stuff go on and state. And uh, anyway, Tennessee. Well, their natural gate
0: life. is so beautiful. It's, they don't need all those action devices. I mean, you and I used to ride. Yep. I, I still have walking horses. They're they're just yes. gorgeous. Their
1: their natural so. gait has almost been bred out because of this uh, padded uh, thing. You know, they have a natural four beat gait. Anyway, you'll have to hear the song. I'll I'll share that with you, Pam, because I know you loving the the walkers too would mean a lot to you so
0: well you've got another song that, that you palomino I and mean, we can add these songs also on the recording uh, but that's got a real latin percussion beat that's really fun uh, uh-huh. and i think it showcases sort of your influences so you, you you're very into metaphysics you're very into intuition you're influenced by native american thoughts and and Philosophy and then you've got this Latin vibe with Palomino, which you just can't. I mean, I was listening to it and tapping my heels. And then <laughs> you, you have follow to dance. It I <laughs> have to dance, then you follow. I mean,
1: I was seeing this
0: Fino. You know, that's what I was envisioning. Um
1: that's funny. Uh actually I did write another song called Paso Fino and I performed at the Nationals that year, um, down in Georgia. Um, and now I actually own one. Um you it was been- just It was, I had a Palomino who was my first horse love and, you know, uh, Trigger was a silver screen gold hero. That's the opening line. Anyway. Yeah. The the vibe just had to be, uh, I don't know. It just had to be Latin for that one.
0: Yeah. And then you, the last song you sent me was green on green, which is funny. Green on green. Thanks. Black and blue. And (laughs) I wouldn't buy that horse if I were you but that's actually like a bluegrass song. So I mean, you just kind of were all over the map and your influences and in your
1: talent. So thank you. Uh, and I did that on am per- and I recorded it so that it wouldn't ever sound dated. Um it's it's real. You know, the the sounds are real. Uh lots of acoustic instruments. And yes, yeah, so there's some swing songs. Uh there's a song called Jack Russell that's total swing. And uh so yeah, it's it's fun because of the different uh, musical styles, and yet the thread is there. So
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna ask you what what um, some of the best advice that you were ever given, personally and professionally. Hmm.
1: Well, I would say my uh, college uh, choral director, voice teacher, who is still like a, such a mentor and was such an influence, uh, in my life at a time where, you know, I had been raised very conservatively and my mind was pretty narrow and he saw my potential and, uh, and he really encouraged me without, you know, without saying, Hey, your parents aren't understanding you. He said, you know, there's so much out there. I mean, there's, there's so much more than this. And that was up in Wisconsin and philosophically and just, you know, the different musical styles and reading great books and on and on. But he encouraged me to just go for it and not, hey, and to, to, uh, coin a phrase to get above my raisin. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't mean that my parents didn't, provide and and all that stuff, but they were very, very, very conservative, um, and conservative Christians and, and all that stuff. And, um, I had been performing country music with my family band my whole life. And I taught school for two years, music, of course, junior high school choral. And then, uh, he was still, he's still in my life. He's still on the planet. Thank God. Uh, but I decided to go for it and move to Nashville. I knew I love teaching and, and I think I'm good at it, but yeah. I knew I was meant to do it, not, not teach it.
0: Now, let's anybody out there. I, I would say, like I said, I think Marianne's she's a, she is a trained music professional. She's got a degree in music, music theory, music education. She's a great teacher and she's got a, a lot of talent, uh, not just as a writer, but, performer and and i think a lot of you have also done a boatload of work and you have a lot of wisdom because of all the the books that you've read and um so i would certainly if you're you're listening and you need a little nudge call her reach out not call her but reach out on facebook and uh, she she can fit you into her busy schedule in between horse and around she will do
1: so (laughs) i i so will i love i just love you know the reason i made it is because people had open arms when I came to this town, I mean they didn't say, "Oh, you're just a kid from Wisconsin, a little school teacher kid, you don't know what you're doing." No, they kind of recognized some talent, but they just had an open heart and open arms and passed the torch and I love sharing that with others, yeah, so
0: way forward, man. Marianne, one of the best things that happened this year is, is, is being able to talk to you and hang out a little bit. We haven't really hung out, we just talked on the phone a lot. I know. But we look forward to seeing you in person.
1: It's just been great to, to re-enter our friendship and we're gonna keep going.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, my dear. Thank you, Marianne Kennedy. Thank you, everyone, for listening to A Perspectives. Thank you for joining us on A Plotable Perspective. You've been listening to my friend, Marianne Kennedy. I want to share three songs that we talked about in our interview. These are songs that she wrote by herself and produced, three about horses, her passion, and one of mine, too. The first one is My Home, second, Green on Green, and the third, Palomino. Wonderful rhythms, Marianne Kennedy.
2: Enjoy. I am of this land is my home. I was born wild and free, a Philly ten days old. I know my mother instinctively. Green on green makes black and blue Wouldn't ride that horse if I were you It's like walking on a hot tight wire Dynamite too close to fire Today you might get off scot-free But chances are eventually He'll go up, you come down That's when you'll understand this song I can't tell you what to do But green on green makes black and blue